You're listening to the Love Your Neighbor Podcast. For those of you that are joining us on the Links Podcast, thank you for joining us. Um, my name is John, and uh, it's great to be with you again. We are sponsored by Brandon Wellness, and Brandon Wellness is a nonprofit organization that is committed to investing and developing, building health and wellness in our community. And uh, we have incredible guests today. Becky, thank you for joining us. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah. I, we, we've only just communicated through text, but um, this has been just getting to chat with you the last few minutes has been great. And I'm excited. You're excited. You have a book that's coming out. Yes. And it's... Um, Oh, officially launched on November 1st, so it's been out a few weeks. Okay, mm-hmm. great. Well, we're going to talk about your book. We're going to talk about you and your family. We're also going to talk about Brandon and how you came to be in Brandon and what you love about Brandon. So oh. we're going to talk about mostly about Brandon, but we do want to talk about your book because just in reading the introduction, I haven't read it yet. I'm excited to read it. Uh, it's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> you have such a strong uh, voice uh, in terms of bringing uh, what... For many people, it's a difficult topic. Correct. To just bring a, a, a joy to it. So I'm excited to talk with you about that book. But before we do that, Becky, tell everyone that's listening, because many people in Brandon are probably like me, and they haven't had the privilege of meeting you or getting to know you. So tell us a little bit about who you are, how you're connected to the Brandon community. Yeah. Well, I love Brandon and um, my husband and I, I'm married to Dan Blue. And the two of us, when we were a young married couple, lived in Sioux Falls. And we decided to put our roots down in this part of South Dakota. And we thought, where should we, you know, really settle once we start having children? And so we were pretty intentional about doing some homework. And we, like many others, especially your listeners, we decided on Brandon and we're so glad we did. We live in the Hidden Valley development, which is between Sioux Falls and Brandon. And we uh, ultimately then have had uh, four children, Ian, Julia, Elliot, and Mason, and they are all out of the house now, but they had great experiences in the Brandon school system. Mm. And my kind of a claim to fame, and I'd be interested in if any of your older listeners have had this happen, but we have four children. And all four of them have married a lynx. Oh, wow. <laughs> that's that's a good uh, rep- uh, connection rate, like 100%. Right? The lynx way is alive and well in our family. Yeah. Absolutely. Now, are they, are they all living in the brand area or have they moved to other parts or... Um, they're kind of spread out right now. They haven't okay. all quite settled into what they're going to be doing. Um, Ian... Blue married Paige Vanderweide, and they are in Nashville. Okay. And uh, Julia Blue married Luke Thompson, and they are back here after she was at her pediatric training. So she's recently started as a pediatrician oh. in Sioux Falls. And then uh, Ellie, Elliot Blue married Karish Roll, and they are in Omaha, and he's okay. a medical resident, and she's an occupational therapist. And then just this summer, our last one, Mason Blue married Ellie Holmes, and okay. they have both uh, started medical school in Vermilion. This is a medical family. Your your husband is a doctor. Correct. Yeah. You are a nurse. nurse. Mm-hmm. 
My goodness. Yeah, you... it's kind of crazy, but you know, it's just sort of like it's what they grew up with, you know, what mm-hmm. they were exposed to. And I always am proud of my husband for speaking very highly of the medical profession, and yeah. and uh, they not, they don't shy away from hard work, which it ultimately is when you sure. start out and when you're in practice. So I'm very proud of them all. How, how did you and your husband? How did you? Or, or excuse me, where where was it that you came from? Are you from around this area originally, or did you move in? I grew up in Hurley, South Dakota, oh so that's about 35 miles southeast of Sioux Falls, southwest of Sioux Falls, and then Dan grew up in Sioux Falls, so okay. honestly, both of us, here we are in our 60s, and neither of us have ever lived outside of the state of South Dakota. <laughs> that's maybe why some of those course, course uh, North Dakota jokes were coming by earlier. Sorry, yeah. <laughs> Being a proud North Dakotan, um, you know, I, I I didn't know about South Dakota until... I, of course, met and fell in love with a South Dakota girl. There you go. Yeah. As it turns, and she's she's in the medical field, so. Oh, nice. Um, but, uh, well, this is great. How, how, um, how now, you, you, you mentioned, uh, we mentioned your book, you've transitioned now, you're, you're not actively doing nursing now. No, I retired about five years ago, and at that time or prior, I was kind of one of these nurses, which nurses, nursing is great because you have so many options. I had kind of little by little as I got busier with my family, started going more and more part-time. And at the time I retired, I think I was working about four hours a week. So, you know, but it was in a wonderful area of nursing, which is called Faith Community Nursing, where we put nurses into churches. And so, you know, I love looking back on my life and seeing and connecting the dots. I'm a big connecting the dots mm. person. And when I look back on my nursing career, I see how God really put together my um, love for old people as I focused on geriatric nursing and then my love for my faith. So my next step in my career mm. was in faith community nursing and then my love for writing because of my work in faith community nursing and in geriatric nursing, I was doing a lot of grant writing. Mm. So it really honed my skills into being a better writer. And then probably about eight years ago, I started a blog called Made With Words, um, which is still out there if anybody wants to check on it. And then I made the jump to writing a couple of books. So. Well, we're going to, that's, that's fascinating. I, I would love to know the work of writing mm-hmm. um, as a pastor and a struggling, struggling writer. What does it take for you? I mean, are you one of those that gets up at the same time every day, has the same drink and gets in front of the same place? Are, are you one of those or are you just, do you just write as it comes to you? Yeah, I love that question because I'm happy to admit that I am not a very disciplined person (laughs) and I do not get up every day and write. I mean, if you give me a deadline, I can do it, but it's not my preferred way of writing. Um, I like to describe myself as a crockpot. And so I kind of take all these things in and I let these words simmer in my head. And then at some point I'm ready to, you know, mm. turn off the crock pot and dump everything onto the plate or the page. So to speak. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Who are some of your favorite authors? Who do you read? Who do you love to follow? Yeah. Um, I read a lot of nonfiction and even specifically I read um, theological nonfiction. Oh, I'm very interested in that. And so um, I 
follow um, like David Saul, some things on Mockingbird is one of the um, publishers that I follow. Anne Lamott is a wonderful writer mm. and she has written a book called Bird by Bird. And mm. if anyone is interested in taking up writing seriously or just dipping their toe into it. She has a, this bird by bird book was really what I read before I wrote this book. Mm. And it, she's so inspiring and encouraging and kind of addresses the ups and downs of this activity. Yeah. She's a, she's an amazing, amazing mm -hmm. author. I've read a couple of her books. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> yeah. Well, I, I think that's fascinating because it is, it is, a, it's an art. I mean, but there's, there's a science behind it. We went, my wife and I went to uh, the Florida Keys a couple of years ago with our family. We vacationed and we got to go to Ernest Hemingway's house. We've done the same thing. Have you? Oh my gosh. Wasn't that amazing? I, it was awesome. I know. There was something very powerful about being in there. And then you kind of learn about all his cats and then I got kind of grossed up. It, it, yeah. I mean, <laughs> they do a nice job of kind of whitewashing it, but they're also like, yeah, this guy was unique. Yes. Like he's a unique guy. Yes. But that was his thing. Like he would get up. The first thing he'd do is get up. He'd go over that little bridge mm -hmm. to his garage mm -hmm. slash studio and he would write until he was done writing and then he would go do the other things that he would do and yeah and I really admire people who can do that and I'm sure I'd be a much more prolific writer obviously if I did <laughs> that so maybe that should be my goal I don't know but you uh you, more than words I mean I I, I I've just in the, sh the little bit that I read of your book and I, I'm excited to to read it you uh as a nurse obviously you love people Oh, yeah. I mean, I just get my, <laughs> I'm so extroverted. It's like, that's how I get my energy. You know, that's probably one of the reasons why I can't write in the morning because there's nobody around to like pump me sure, up. Sure, sure. <laughs> that, that's interesting you mentioned extrovert. So you said as an extrovert, that's where you get your energy is from people, mm -hmm. correct? Okay. Yeah, and, and I would say people's stories. And, mm -hmm. and I just love meeting new people. And I think I get that from my dad. He was one of those that used to sit in the, sit on the bench in the mall while his, his my stepmom would be shopping, and he'd talk to anyone. Really, and I always admired that about him. And so, yeah, it's good. Um, let's let's turn, if you will, to your book. Um, you you mentioned this third act of your life. What was the inspiration for this book? And tell us a little bit about the book. Because you do a very nice job of addressing a topic that really no one wants to talk about. Yeah, you're exactly right. Yeah, so um, I was coming up on my 60th birthday. That was three years ago. And uh, my friends were also turning 60. And we were having kind of a lot of discussions around this and mostly kind of little bit freaking out maybe, right? It's just such a milestone. So I thought, okay, I, I should know how to do this. I've taught people about aging as a geriatric nurse. And I have a bookshelves full of book of this topic. So I just started writing. It was in August of 2019. And then I turned 60 in October of, of that year and uh, just kept writing. And mm -hmm. I thought, you know, maybe other people would want to learn from me, uh, or yeah. at least really, it's not so much that I'm the expert. I just want to start a conversation. And to your point about people not yeah. wanting to talk about aging, uh, we need to, mm. and it doesn't have to be negative. Right. Right. Yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm reading this and, and for me, I'm 44 mm -hmm. 
And so I'm kind of at that age where I, you know, a lot of the people that I grew up looking up to my parents' age are getting, you know, to your age and and, and older. Mm -hmm. And then there's this whole other generation coming, my kids' age and younger. Mm Mm-hmm. And uh, so I've kind of, in the last couple of years, I've kind of gone that transition like, oh, wow, I'm, I'm kind of in the middle. You are in the middle. And transition is a great word. And transitions, as you know, certainly as a pastor can trip people up. Right. So there's a way to prepare for the transitions in some cases. Yeah. Yeah. Your, your, uh, your book, and I, I'm excited, like I said, to read it. Um, what, what would be one thing you could share with people that are maybe uh, my age and younger that are having young kids. Many of the people that are listening to this podcast either are getting ready to have kids, have kids, or are in the midst of like our, our friend that we just talked with. Yeah. Got five of them running around the house. Right. Right. What what would you speak into as a mom and as a nurse? What would you say Mm -hmm. to, to ladies, to men, fathers and husbands, Mm -hmm. fathers and, and uh, mothers that are in that season of life right now, what would you give them as a uh, maybe a, a beacon or a little bit of hope? You bet. Um, oh gosh, there's so many things. The first thing that comes to mind is really having good role models of aging for yourself and mm-hmm. for your children, and um, you know, finding those you know either it be family members or neighbors, um, uh, grandparents, you know, anyone that you can just really spend time with. And let your kids build relationships with those people so that uh, they don't kind of get enmeshed in some of these terrible stereotypes of aging that Mm -hmm. we have. Um, Another little tip I like to do is I love if people have a friend from every decade. So, um, and that should even be if you have a 16-year-old daughter, you know, you should encourage Mm -hmm. her. It'd be great if you have a friend who's in their 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, mm-hmm. 80s, 90s, and just wow. learn from them. And it'll be an s- amazing blessing for the friend as well to learn from from the 16-year-old. So I think that's really important, the role models. And then as a nurse, I really look at people, body, mind, and spirit. And so the book has a lot to do about that. So there's certainly a lot of things, even as a young um, you know, 44-year-old as yourself, there's so much you can be doing at this age um, physically to be sure that you're healthier and moving around mm-hmm. and active when you're 80 and hopefully 90 and beyond. Um, and then body, mind, mind. I have some chapters on uh, relationships and forgiveness and all these things that have powerful long-term effects. And then spirit, of course, um, just really what is your heart pinned to. I, you will yeah. get to that chapter and maybe you're familiar with that term. But I think we are we all have our heart pinned to something mm-hmm. and it might be, um, you know, our phones. It might be uh, <laughs> our job. Right. It might be our role as a mom. Um, but really, if you pin your heart to a higher being, I think it really frees you to live your life fully mm-hmm. and abundantly. Yeah, I've, I've had many conversations with people that are at the end mm-hmm. of their journey mm-hmm. here on earth. And it seems that conversation is, ex- is very different if they have yeah. pinned themselves to an authority, to a spiritual 
understanding mm-hmm. of what the next life looks like. I was mm-hmm. visiting with a man who uh, was extremely ill in the end stages of life. And I asked him about that. And I said, what do you, what do you see next? And he said to me, he said, you know, I, I feel like when I die, there's going to be one of those metal ball strings uh-huh. is going to get pulled. I'm going to let go. And then the lights will come on. Oh, wow. That's and a beautiful I, image. It was. And I, and here's a person who, you know, was very, very committed in his beliefs or what he would call non-beliefs. Mm-hmm. And just to, just to, to interact with somebody that that was their, that's what they anticipated happening was this light is going to come on. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I have to, I have to imagine in your study of aging, I mean, that has to be a huge part of the conversation. What's next? Oh, absolutely. And I think that was the real beauty and privilege of being in faith community nursing because when mm-hmm. I worked with clients, they expected to go to that level of conversation, right? Mm-hmm. And I think nurses in general are getting more comfortable with that yeah. and patients are too. But um, I think even just within our own families, it's okay to ask that question. You know, I was with my 97-year-old aunt yesterday in Minneapolis having coffee and I asked her that question. I said, so are you ready to go? And she goes, oh my gosh, yes. If I, you know, and she's really basically pretty healthy, but mm-hmm. but she has this tremendous faith and she's, she's ready. And I think that's extremely comforting to the family. Mm-hmm. So right. don't be afraid to ask that question. Yeah, what's next? Good, mm-hmm. good. Well, I know this book is going to help a lot of people with that. And so... Uh, we're going to have links to where you can get this, Good. Um, and we will be uh, available. It'll be available for Christmas. I mean, so this is a great gift. Stocking yes, stuffer. Yes, stocking stuffer would be great. I mean, it's, um, and like I said, I thought I was writing it for people who were turning 60, but people who are in their 40s have loved it. People who are in their 90s. So, um, and I'd also, it's got questions at the end of each chapter. So I'd encourage people to even think about mm doing maybe an intergenerational book study with their family uh-huh. or do a Bible study with it. There are um, lots of options and ideas on how to use it with a group. Awesome. Well, Becky, this has been great. I, I'm really thankful for you. In closing, what what would you say has been your experience? You you and your husband chose to live in Brandon. Yeah. What's maybe one or one thing that has just been a huge blessing to you guys being a Lynx yeah. and being around this community over mm-hmm. the last Uh, several years. Yeah. Well, I think you said it in your question and the word is community. Mm. I just can't imagine a better community, Mm. you know, and just the, the values that are exuded there and the caring for each other Mm. and the opportunities. And I can't say enough about the teachers and the administration at the schools Mm. and I've been involved in the tennis association and, you know, there's just so many options to get involved and it's, it's an incredible blessing that we raised our children there. Yeah. Well, I, I completely agree with you. And I think our greatest resource in our community is our people. Absolutely. And uh, <clears throat> it's been a privilege getting to know you and I look forward to more conversations and all of you that have people in your life who you don't know what to get. Now, you know, <laughs> Turning author Becky Blue, it's the magic and mystery of more days. Wow. 
Thank you. And there's even a great, there's even a great, like on Spotify, that little list, that little. Oh my gosh, that's my favorite. If you like 60s music, you're probably too young to even have listened to 60s music. So I grew up in North Dakota. So I'm about two (laughs) decades behind the rest of the world. So when I grew up in the 80s, the 60s were a hot thing. Okay, cool. (laughs) So I loved it. So I love my 40 song Spotify playlist made just for this book. And uh, so turn it on, turn it up and enjoy the book. Cool. It's great. Thank you, Becky, for taking time. Thank you, John. Thank you for joining us on the Love Your Neighbor podcast. The purpose of the Love Your Neighbor podcast is to build community one conversation at a time. You can help us build that community by sharing the podcast on your social media channels and rating our podcast on whatever platform you're listening from. Another way is to let us know of any neighbors who have a story. Go Leaks! Go Leaks!